0: Hello everyone and welcome to Next Generation Saints. I'm your host, Nick Coons. So I want to talk about something today that is prevalent and I believe that's coming from so much far more from the progressive church. And that is the pronouns. That's right, you've heard me. Pronouns. This is actually interesting to me. The reason it's, it's so interesting to me is nowadays people want to be named as all sorts of stuff. And it didn't just... and I, and I, thought I should say it was originally... Where it was weird to me that people Individually wanted to have their own pronouns Because they weren't happy with Being labeled a man or a woman Even though that's the only two genders that are out there They instead wanted to be listed or named According to whatever um, They wanted to be named It was weird I thought it was another stretch when they were trying to force it upon everyone else But now What I have seen Apart from the laws and what not That have been changing and the way that In a professional environment things have been handled Are that They're taking God, and regendering him. What do I mean? Wait, that's weird. Why? How? This is gonna fall very weird on the ears to to several people, several different groups out there. The progressive church, which is really I I call them the regressive church because there's nothing progressive about them. Progressive would suggest that that they're moving forward, but they have never moved forward in their life, not once, not ever. So they're not progressive in the slightest. They're regressive in the sense. It's not different than when people come to me and they say, oh, mankind has evolved. I'm like, yeah, but yes, mankind has evolved. I'm like, what are you talking about? We have evolved. I'm like, no. We're still as fallen as Adam was in the garden. In fact, I'd say that we had the same problems that Adam and Eve had in the garden nowadays. The only difference is, well, our technology. Technology has advanced. We have advanced our technology forward, uh, so we just had more ways, effective ways of stealing from each other, committing adultery, committing idolatry, um, different things, the whole nine yards. And in fact, the way that we kill each other is uh, upgraded too. I mean, new weapons, technology, the military always gets new bombs, new tactics, new bullets, new all sorts of stuff, new weapon. I mean, everything, new better ways in which to destroy ourselves. That's pretty much the highlight of the adventure there. So I know I kind of regre- uh i kind of digressed off of what I was actually going to talk about here. So going back to the whole transgender thing, this whole thing about um, about uh, your pronouns, it really kind of got to me because the progress—the regressive church came out and said, "Well, we're going to list God as different names now." I'm thinking, okay, I don't like the sound of this, but go ahead. And they were talking about, "Oh, well, we're going to call God." What if she's a woman? The first time I ever heard about this was actually when I was watching um, *Dogma* by um, um, oh gosh, the director is uh, Kevin Smith. There we go. For a second, that escaped me. Kevin Smith wrote this thing. Now um, *Dogma* and they said he rewrote it and said that you know many people thought that the bible that um, that god was really a man but that isn't true because mankind wrote the bible a man didn't like the idea of god being a woman so he put in in fact the saying that it was a man and men made it happen such misogynistic assholes that's how it was so i heard about this and i was like okay this is not acceptable you know like i don't think it's acceptable that we have this happen And so I looked into it more and now it's the unacceptable just by, I mean, by uh, Kevin Smith is now becoming this gigantic phenomenon of changing God into not only just a woman. It didn't stop right there. It also continued on to say things such as um, making him uh, non-binary, a female non-binary, oh gosh, what else was it? Non-binary, queer, that's right, queer God. Who's perfectly fine with transgenderism, homosexual marriage, homosexual sex, lesbian sex, the whole nine yards. I mean, um, this guy named Brandon Robertson, who's a, per- a regressive uh, pastor, quote-unquote pastor, he's a false teacher. And he goes out there and says, the Bible says nothing uh, whatsoever against homosexual marriage or homosexual lifestyle or having gay sex. Nothing against it whatsoever. And I look at it and go, well, then I guess you'd have a really hard time with the Book of Romans. Because the Book of Romans, you really got to deal with that. But the biggest one I found was this, that mankind continuously nowadays is is switching it up. Now, I first had to look into this, like, well, okay, when did this all start? When did this whole thing really kind of really get its, you know, the gears rolling? And I found that this thing, and you might want to hold on to your seats here, folks, because this is going to kind of blow you away. This happened, excuse me, right before the 1900s in 1895. That's right, just before the turn of the uh, 20th century. A woman named Elizabeth Katie Stanton. Yeah, no, sorry. Elizabeth K Katie keep saying Katie. Yeah, Katie. C A D Y Katie, yeah. Stanton wrote a book called The Women's Bible. It sounds kind of strange, huh? It was almost like it's only designed for a woman to read. Well, not necessarily. I actually learned this when I was over at Santa Ana College, when my teacher was extremely excited. This is before I got into Christian apologetics whatsoever. I was working at Disney. I was more interested in girls and 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 doing the Disney thing, and not really interested in the Bible. So, I, I kind of it just kind of went like you know kind of passed by. But I looked into it. Now, here's what it was explained to me, because I actually started reading some of the women's Bible, and I heard about it from my professor over at Santa Ana College. The women's Bible, pretty much, in essence, and this may be oversimplifying it, because there's probably a lot more into this than what I'm telling you, is she took the Bible, and whenever it says Heavenly Father, whenever it says He, or whatnot, you know, where it says basically the masculine uh, pronouns that God uses to define himself and to talk about who he is... She takes this and turns it into turns him into a he. So instead of heavenly father, it's a heavenly mother. Instead of a, his a power, it's her power. All the, you see what I'm coming from. It switches him into a her. Now, when I first heard about this, I was just later on, I was just thinking about like this is really bad. Our society, the regressive church, continues to misgender God. And I find it ironic, to be honest with you, that mankind, that in our society nowadays with the regressive um, populace, I always use the word regressive instead of progressive people, the regressive um, culture in, our, in in America is stating about how you shouldn't misgender somebody how dare you misgender somebody? That is a great insult to them. That's an that's that's culpable to violence against this person to misgender them. And I look and go, okay, okay, let's let's cool the turbo jets before we get too hot here. You know, let's not hit the afterburners quite yet, Maverick. Let's let's wait for a second. Here's what we're looking at, Cupcake. If you're going to be insulted at the fact that we can misgender someone by using actual biological terms such as male and female, and not because you want to be called Zim, Zer, Zil, whatever, chipmunk, whale, um, polar bear, I don't know. If you don't, I would not suggest doing that to God. God has pronouns. He does. He uses them. It is Heavenly Father. It is He, Him. In fact, when He incarnated Himself and came to Earth over 2,000 years ago... He appeared as a man, Jesus of Nazareth, you know, the son of Joseph, the carpenter. That was him. and he, not a non-binary, not a um, queer, unicorn, zazer, whatever the heck you want to do that's really twisting up your brain a bit, making you do, and if you're, if you're trying to follow on all this idea for, uh, really fast about like the different um, pronouns, please don't, it'll cause your brain to hemorrhage. Um, now why is this a big deal? Why is all this worth talking about on a podcast? Why why is it important for me to talk about this? And for anyone who is listening from LGBTQ plus sign, Batman sign, um, uh, smiley face emoji, you know, that stuff. Um, here's the reason why. When you read in the book of Job, you come across this very issue. And what do I mean? Well, well in the book of Job, you don't come across anything about, um you know, pronouns and, mis, uh, and misgendering God. But you do come across the same kind of situation in a, in a type of way. Let me explain. All right, so I'm going to give you a really quick run-up story, really quick, quick, quick notes on the Book of Job. If you have already heard of the Book of Job, please forgive me. It's probably going to be all the stuff you already know about. And if you haven't, listen up. So, the book of Job talks about um, how all the angels and all the creatures meet up... um, All the angels and angelic creatures meet up in heaven at the throne of God. And here comes Satan. He walks into the building. And um, so, God asks Satan, you know, hey, where you been? And he goes, well, I've been roaming around this entire world. And God says, have you seen my servant Job down there? Right there, buddy. You know, if I zoom in on... (laughs) I always imagine, like, Apple Maps where you can just, like, pinch the screen, zoom in, and, like, show it really close. Um, And... Have you seen him? He's an upright man, a righteous man, and he goes and Lucifer and Satan goes, Yeah, about that. Um, you do know that he only does all the nice things for you and sings your praises because he gives you everything. Well, he doesn't give you, sorry. You give Job everything. And what he says is, okay, how about this, Satan? Go on down there torture him, do all sorts of stuff, but you're not allowed to kill him. You can't kill him, but you can do everything else to him. So Satan goes down there and causes all sorts of hell. Kills his entire... wipes out practically his entire family, left his wife alone right there, and his wife nags him a whole heck of a lot. And so, as he's going through all this trial and suffering, he finally gets to the point where he cries out to God and and, and whatnot. Now, Job's friends show up because they're his buddies, and they're going like, what, what happened to you? How is this all happening? And so his friends are standing around Job trying to figure out, like, what did did he do to, to get God so mad at him that he would do something like this? What exactly did you do, Job? So now it becomes, this story becomes a idea of, okay, let's try to figure out what happened. Let's do some hypotheses out there and some scenarios of what you could have done to really screw the pooch on this one, Job. And so they start talking about it, and oh, what about this and this and this and this, and start listing ideas of God why God would have judged Job. Then they start giving false ideas of who God is through saying how, how Job is and what's going on. And Job finally goes enough, no, God's righteous. I'm not, you know, go away. So his buddies go, okay, fine, whatever. They leave. Job then cries out to the heavens and demands that God himself come and answer for what has happened. And when I read that part, I'm going, you know, I can relate to that. I really can. There are lots of times in my life where I just want to scream at God and go, what the living bleep is going on here? Come on, man. Come down here and tell me why what's going on. I've had that happen recently in my life. A lot recently in my life. Calling out to God. Why are you doing what you're doing? But that's for another podcast. So anyway. So God comes down and starts explaining to Job. Everything that's going on. Showing the great wonders of the universe. The fine tuning of everything. Doesn't really answer Job's question about why he did what he did. But it basically humbles Job to his core. And then God replenishes everything he's ever had. Right back to what he was. And then he makes it not only to the point where it was. But makes it even more abundant than it ever had been before. Now what's the point of this story? Why am I saying this? Well. I should conclude this, God then tells Job something very important which connects it right to um, the point I'm trying to make. God tells Job to go sacrifice certain animals on behalf of his friends because his friends had angered God directly because they were saying things that weren't true about God, giving him false attributes and lying about who God is and that his wrath was upon them. So Job went ahead and did that. Are you seeing the correlation here yet? Are you seeing how when we do something to God, like misgendering him or um, uh, falsely giving him attributes about him that he doesn't actually have, why this would actually turn out to be a very, very bad thing and what's concerning to me? That the regressive church has no fear of God in their hearts. They have none whatsoever. They're out there blaspheming God, having gay sex and whatnot, doing all sorts of simple things, saying God loves all this and God is really whatever the heck I want to make him in my mind currently out saying the regressive church is turning an idolatrous towards this. <clears throat> then they look at someone like me and go, you're just a traditional, you know, you're just stuck in the past, Nick. You're totally stuck in the past. I look and go, are you sure I'm stuck in the past? Are you sure about that? Because last time I checked, God doesn't like it when people make false attributes about Him. We as a culture are ending up in this particular predicament, and I'm looking and saying, guys, we need we need to reach out to, prog- to the regressive progressive church. I remember um, last Sunday when I was at church, and one of the pastors was talking about the LGBT community, and it started talking. And he used the ser- he used um, the Good Samaritan story to talk about how we should all reach out, and we should all. Be reaching out to the LGBT community and whatnot. And I was like, I'm not against that. But one thing that I will say this, and on my show I'll definitely put this out here, is Christians, we need to reach out to the LGBT community. We do. We need to show them love and compassion. But at the same time, if the LGBTQ is listening to this podcast, you guys need to be less jerks about this. I get both sides have blood on their hands. The Christians, we need to open up and really reach out. Church, we need to go out there and reach the LGBT community. We need to show them love and compassion, understanding, and whatnot. We don't need to compromise our moral systems. I'm not asking anyone to do that. But we do need to reach out to them. But at the same time, i find reaching out and talking to LGBTQ uh, plus sign Batman symbol. <laughs> Sorry, I love saying that. Um, and I've been met with nothing but sheer hostility. Oh, you're a Christian. You want to come convert? No, I don't want to. I don't come to convert anybody. But I think we need to reach out to them and squash these ideas of what God, of who God has been turned into by these people and tell them, no, that this God that you guys claim to worship is not a a woman, is not female, unic- um, non-binary, Zazer, Zen, hashtag, Batman emoji, you know, um, smiley face, nothing of that nature. We need to go back and look at the gospel where Jesus uh, teaches about who that we have a father and that there's a son and that there's a masculine format and a loving heavenly father. That's what we need to do. And we need to reach out to these this uh, the progressive church, the regressive church, continuously and talk to them and reach out and love on them to bring them back to know who the true Christ is, the true person, the true God is who truly believes in doing these things, who believes and loves them. We can all do all this without even compromising ourselves. So anyways, it's food for thought for you. Until next time, we meet again. May God richly bless y'all. My dearly, beloved.